Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today is n- newly in New Zealand, uh, Allie Gallier. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's um, It's been a long day. It's only 11 a.m. here, but um, I was up, I've been up for like seven hours, so yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you? Seven hours? Yeah, I woke up at five. <laughs> we had like cardio and then um, a long, long kick set and then some aerobics. So yeah, I'm pretty beat, but. <laughs> so, okay. So we were just talking about this. Um, so when did you get to New Zealand? I um, flew in on, on probably five weeks ago. And then I had to do um, a two-week mandatory isolation in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that. So I've been swimming for like three weeks now. Um, Yeah, it's definitely been been an experience, that's for sure. What what is that jet lag like? So uh, you're 16 hours ahead? Yeah, 16 hours um, from Eastern Standard Time. From Eastern Standard, Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it's, I've gotten pretty used to it. I, um, have been back and forth between New Zealand, Australia and the States for my whole life, every couple of years. So I've gotten it down. You, uh, you get on the long flight usually. I, so I grew up in South Carolina, so I usually fly, um, Greenville to Houston or Greenville to Atlanta, Atlanta to Houston or LA. Um, and then either one of those straight to um, where like New Zealand or Australia, wherever I was going. And mm-hmm. uh, you get pretty good at um, sleeping on the plane. And then um, a lot of times the flights land really early in the morning here. So um, you have to stay up all day, make it to like 7 p.m. <laughs> it's like the longest day in history, but I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, being in the two week isolation really helped me like get on the schedule before I had to swim um, fully. So that really helped. How long is that flight from, I guess, it, near LA to Houston? Yeah. So Houston to Auckland is about uh, 15 hours. And from LA to Auckland, it's about 12 and a half man that's yeah. wild it's straight across the ocean it's wild <laughs> it definitely... uh i mean there's so much i want to get into but let, let's keep it on on this topic that the the two week i talked to um calypso sheridan who mm-hmm. was swimming at northwestern and then you know came home to australia yep. she she we talked about the two-week isolation she went through as well in a hotel um that sounds pretty pretty difficult <laughs> It, um, as an elite athlete, I think it is, was a little bit more challenging than the regular person, if I'm being honest, just cause, um, we always have like these heavy schedules and like, you have to do this at this time and this at this time. And then you get to a hotel where you can't talk to, I was by myself too. So it's a little harder. I, you can't talk to anyone that like is around you and, um, not like, 
I got sent um, some workout things like kettlebells and yoga mats and stuff. So I did a lot of a lot of YouTube um, in home workouts as much as I could. But yeah, it was it was a lot harder than I expected. Um, just because like you get really bored and you don't really have anything to do. And then like you work out and then you don't have anything to do. So yeah, it's definitely challenging. Definitely challenging. And it, it see, uh, luckily you're, you're out of the hotel. You're, you're kind of yeah. into the swing of things. Um, so you had qualified for the Olympics, uh, yes. last year. Does, does that carry over? Or do you have to requalify now? I don't actually have to requalify, which is, such a blessing to me. Um, I qualified at world champs, um, the way New Zealand does it. They have a New Zealand trials as well. Um, they actually have one in December and in, um, April. Um, but me and Lewis Clairbert, who won the bronze in the 400 IM, um, at worlds, we both qualified at worlds with the times. So not knowing then that all of this was going to happen, it, looking back on it now, it's a, a huge blessing because then I get to train for 11 months and not have to worry about um, my performance at a certain meet, which um, really helped me mentally through the quarantine period, even in the States. So yeah, definitely a blessing. Yeah. So I, so I, I haven't personally talked to you about this at all, but, um, I, I read a couple things before this and, and competing for New Zealand is something that I'm, I guess you've had on your mind for a long time. Um, yeah. you know, I, when I, when I saw the headline I was kind of surprised, I was like, Oh, I didn't know that about Allie Gallier. That's, yeah. that's cool that she is a New Zealand citizen. Tell me about, you know, this, this history, uh, this New Zealand blood that's in you. Yeah, so I actually have a really interesting background. Um, my mom was actually born in Canada. My dad was a Kiwi, so born in New Zealand. Um, they both moved to Australia where me and my sister were born. And then in 2001, we moved to the States. Um, so I grew up there. Um, obviously, went to school there and things like that. So um, I definitely grew up different than a lot of people having different eth like ethnicities, cultures, different way of life, I guess, um, than the typical American. But I, from a very, very young age, knew I wanted to represent New Zealand if I was going to represent any country. Um, my dad really instilled the Kiwi culture in me at a young age, me and my sister. So um, being able to do that now is something that I would have never imagined. Um, even like my freshman year of college, I never would have thought that I would go to Pan Pax Worlds and then the Olympic Games in a year. Like, it's it's actually surreal when you think about it. Yeah. What what was it? You know, so you've got citizenship in four different countries: yeah. uh, Canada, U.S., Australia, New Zealand. Um, yeah. so, I mean, what was it about the New Zealand culture that that really hit you? You know, personally, the only thing I know about New Zealand is that that's where Taika Waititi is from mm -hmm. <laughs> and like yeah. that, that's it. So, um, so yeah, again, what, what really drew you to New Zealand? I think, um, how family based it is. Um, so a lot of my dad's family still lives here. Um, I think just every time I came back, I just felt like it was home to me. Um, 
I never really thought about swimming for another country. That never really crossed my mind. It was always going to be New Zealand no matter what. Um, so I never really had, like, to sit down and be like, okay, I could choose whichever country I wanted to. It was always going to be New Zealand. So that really wasn't that big of a problem for me. I think it was mostly like the family impact. Um, uh, Gary Francis, Steve, Amanda White, who um, worked for Swimming New Zealand, were incredibly welcoming and um, really supportive of me going to Tokyo and not knowing any of them, not having met any of them before for Pampax in 2018. Um, that was a big decision for me, um, to just get on a plane and go to a country where I hadn't met anyone. Um, incredibly welcoming. It just made me like solidify that I had made the right decision. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for Panpax, was there, uh, did you have to go to a qualifying meet to, in order to be able to swim there? Yeah. So I actually got a little, um, of a delay in qualifying for Pampex. So um, I guess we had gotten in contact with um, Gary Francis, um, who is coordinator for Swimming New Zealand, um, a little late in the game. So uh, it was more for Worlds and the Olympics we were talking about. And then he was like, well, there's like an exemption card that you can like use for, um, you obviously have to have the time qualifications and this and that, but um, I actually got an exemption file or whatever for Pampax um, to represent New Zealand. So um, that was a, a little bit of a surprise to me because we were on the calls for Worlds and the Olympics, obviously. Um, and he was like, well, we can bring you out to Tokyo, meet the team and everything. And I, I jumped at the opportunity. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely an experience that I'll remember forever. Uh, yeah, what, what made it so memorable? <laughs> um, I think just, so I had about two weeks, um, before I actually left for Tokyo. So I was in like full training mode, um, for the college season, basically. Like, I guess it just ended, but, um, we were getting into like long course season and things like that at Kentucky. So, um, being able to, um, figure out like that I want that that was an opportunity that I could go to and like getting on a plane and going to a country where they didn't speak English a lot and I had never met any of the New Zealand team I had FaceTime zoomed called a lot of them but never met anyone in person um I was incredibly proud of myself that's something that I've like never really done before like I've been to a lot of countries but it's always been to like with my family or um things like that so yeah it was it was it was a, a crazy experience yeah that I mean let's let's dive into it <laughs> what uh so you, you I mean you get there um and you know you, you don't know anyone again like you said no one speaks English um how do you navigate those first few days with with a team that you've never met before um, it was a lot easier than, than I thought it was going to be. Um, they were incredibly welcoming. Um, they, I obviously swim with or swam with 35 boys, 35 girls. So and not a lot, not a lot of a lot of people think like their cultures are incredibly different and like, um, boys and girls are act different in different countries, but it's all the same like age wise. So 
um, the boys were all goofing around and everything. So it was, I got along with them incredibly well. So being able to do that, like made me feel a lot more comfortable in the years to come out, especially at Worlds when we had a way bigger team. Um, and the Olympics next year where we hope to have, um, obviously more people. Yeah. How, how big was the team at Panpacks? Um, it was four of us. So three boys and me, um, okay. I was the only girl. So it was, there are, there are girl coaches, but it, that was also one of the things, um, they were obviously targeting worlds the next year and the Olympics, um, as more of like the bigger meet. So a lot of like the summers, um, did, obviously didn't go. So, um, it was definitely an experience being the only girl, but I'm, 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 I get along with boys very well. I've swam with 30 of them for four years. Um, they're just goofy all around. No matter where you are in the world, they're always goofy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> agreed. I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> uh, boys are goofy. Um, yes. So what was, what was, you know, that's a, your first big international experience, um, at, at a meet, like a pan packs, what was it swimming wise? What was, what was your experience like? I really just tried to go out and have fun. I think, um, NCAAs and the college experience prepared me in ways that I like didn't even realize until I got there. Um, being able to swim with, world-class people at NCAAs every single year, even at SECs, one of the hardest conference conferences in the nation. I mean, it prepared me to not be afraid of the people that I was swimming against. Um, I got, I made a final in the tuna back, which is something I also like never thought I was, would be able to do. Um, so yeah, I think, I think NCAAs really, really, got me ready for something like that. And I didn't even know, know it until after I swam the heats and the team was like, wow, like you didn't seem nervous at all. And I was like, I mean, I was pretty nervous. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I, I NCAAs really like gets you at like real nerves. So like being able to channel those and things like that um, is something that I never really thought I learned until I got there and realized that I had already figured it out. So, yeah. So let's, let's, let's jump a little bit. Uh, let's talk about your first NCAAs. Um, t- tell me, set the stage for me. What, you know, what were those nerves like, uh, <laughs> y- your first college championships? Yeah. I mean, nerves is an understatement. Um, my sister was a senior at Kentucky. Um, she, was the reigning NCAA champion in the event that we are both pretty good at. Um, so I think being a backstroke powerhouse at Kentucky, it definitely, definitely put a lot of pressure on um, all four of the girls that were swimming in the 200 backstroke. Um, I got to swim the 800 free relay on the first night, um, which I let off and it really calmed my, I was incredibly nervous, but it really calmed um, myself because we placed the best that we had ever had we um, I think we got six maybe um, so it was definitely something where the confidence booster really helped being able to know like you are meant to be there you might be 18 but you're meant to be there with with everyone else um, and 
I made my first NCAA final, which is very rare for a freshman. Um, so, and I got to do that with Asia and Danielle, and I got to swim next to Danielle on her last race ever um, in the NCAA final, which is something that I don't know if any sibling in the NCAA could say that, honestly. There are a few that both have made NCAAs, obviously, but um, we have a picture up in our house of her coming to hug me when they're calling out the names after we walk out, and it's my par- my parents' favorite <laughs> photo of all time. Um, I think having her there with me, like, helped beyond measure, made me way more calm, um, and she always, she always just told me, like, me and Asia, who was a freshman at the time as well, um, you're meant to be here. You trained, you worked your butts off all year long, backstroke group every single day. Um, just go out there and have fun. And I think that we all did that. And it was an experience that I took with me for the rest of my three years. Definitely. So let's, let's back up even further. Um, growing up, I, I, when, when did you and Danielle get into swimming? Were, were you always swimming together? Um, so actually, Actually, uh, we started out in summer league, which I guess a lot of um, swimmers do. Um, we have a huge summer league program in Greenville, where I grew up. So we started there, and then um, we actually did gymnastics, dance, and swimming. And we um, did like the placement test things that you do at like year-round clubs. And um, my sister Danielle actually did it first, and. To any sister siblings, I guess you could say, you always want to do what your big sister does, right? So I was like, I want to do it. I want to do it. Like, I want to get in. And the coach is like, I mean, she can get in if she wants. And so, like, I got in. And they're like, she could, she's actually, like, not bad. She can be in, like, our – I was way too young to be in, like, the whatever the smallest group was. But um, – so, yeah. And then our – she was like, my mom was like, well, she'll only do it if the practice times are the same. <laughs> it's because she didn't want to be there for like four hours a day. So um, Classic swim parent. Yeah, exactly. It ended up being um, when, I, when we both started moving at different levels, obviously the times changed. But um, yeah, it was, it was something that like neither of my parents swam. My mom ran track in high school, but none of, not really like a sporty family that much. Um, but they just kind of got, got us into it to have fun. I mean, none of them ever expected anything to happen. Um, I mean, they were like, when we got our first state cut at South Carolina champs, they were like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I never thought you would imagine I'd do this. And then we got, we started for a YMCA at the time for middle tiger. And so we got YMCA national cuts and they were like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And we, went to YMCA national short course and long course. And then, um, we got whatever national cuts, us, USA swimming national cuts and then Olympic trial cuts. And then it just kind of went on from there. And, and yeah, it's something that we, none of us ever expected and it just ended up working out, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess on that note, when did, you know, uh, international competition in representing New Zealand. When did that start formulating is like, Oh, Hey, maybe like, maybe this is something I could do. Yeah. I think, um, it really started after my, uh, freshman year or sophomore, maybe freshman into sophomore year after NCAAs, 
I, um, I actually think I take that back. I actually think it happened, um, my sophomore year summer, uh, when I, um, went a 209 at a meet in, uh, Columbus, Ohio at, at the Ohio state pool, Mm -hmm. not shaved, not tapered anything. We just put on a suit. Um, I don't even know if it was a pro seat. I think it was just like a weird meet that we went to and I had never gone under 210 or 211 maybe. And I went 2099 and I was like, everyone was like, what's happening? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and I was very surprised too. So I think that was the moment that I really was like, okay, I could do something internationally. And it took me a few weeks after that to realize like, that's like, that was close to the FINA A cut and things like that. Cause I'd always been significantly like behind um, like Asia and Danielle and Bridget Alexander, who are all back sugars at Kentucky. Um, and that happened, and I think it was a huge confidence booster um, in that sense. And, yeah, it made me work even harder and, and realize that I could actually do something internationally. Yeah. You, I, you, mentioned, you mentioned Kentucky's backstroke core. Uh, you know, coming into your freshman year, again, you and Asia were the same age. Is Bridget a year above the two of you? Um, Bridget is two years above us. Okay. So, um, she was a year below Danielle. Yeah. Gotcha. So I guess coming into your freshman year, I mean, did you feel, did you kind of feel that pressure of, okay, I've, I've got to continue this backstroke Kentucky legacy? Yeah, I think, um, definitely me and Asia definitely had lots of conversations about it. Um, and we're like, we can't let them down. Like they, they recruited us for a reason, like all this stuff. Um, so obviously we came in the year after Danielle had won. So it was kind of like a high um, in, all right, this is back show group, like whatever. We definitely trained the hardest I had ever trained in my life backstroke. Um, lots of turn of pace, <laughs> lots of like 400s backstroke. Um, but yeah, I think that it was definitely something that we all, uh, we had lots of meetings, um, about what our goals were and things like that. Um, it helps recruiting a lot if, especially if you have the back, best back show group in the nation. Um, and I think it was, it's amazing to swim with them because they're all incredibly supportive. Like you would think that they we obviously were competitors when we get in the water everyone wants to beat everyone that's a given no matter what level you're on if you're an athlete but um being able to get out of the water and warm down and and not think about the race anymore i mean asia's by far my best friend in kentucky um me and us me and asia and gina who won the 500 and the 200 freestyle at secs um a couple years ago I mean, we're, and I swim the 500 and the 200 free. So we're, we all swim relatively the same events and all three of, we're like by far lifelong friends. Um, and people are always like, oh my gosh, you guys not get jealous of each other or things like that. And it's incredible how you don't like you, you push each other in practice, especially in backstroke and being able to get out of the water and, and not have that anymore, I think is, is in incredible for Kentucky as a whole. Yeah. 
That's that sounds great. <laughs> I, it was an amazing. It's honestly, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, like having those four years, like there were blood, sweat, and a lot of tears that went into those four years, definitely. Um, but when you look back on it, like you might not like every day, but looking back on it, like I wouldn't change anything. Like I, I made friends and, and learned more about myself in those four years than I could have ever imagined. Like it was definitely the toughest mentally and physically that I've worked, um, up to this point, but you learn so many lessons, especially like going to school and things like that. Um, and kind of getting off on a tangent here, but like backstroke group in general is like, is an amazing like group of girls. I think it's, um, it's grown, especially like Caitlin Brooks, um, who was a freshman last year. Um, she was more of a hundred specific, uh, backstroker which we needed on the relay which was nice but <laughs> um yeah she I mean all of us super sweet super positive super encouraging so um I think that it all it all wrapped up incredibly well I think it would have been way different if we were all um we all didn't like each other which was which it didn't happen so it's incredibly nice that it happened that way it's always good to like your teammates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like an amazing bond you guys had. I know when I was there in January, it was super cool to see Backstroke U in, in full swing. Um, <clears throat> so was I mean, you, you talked about your freshman year, 200 back A final at NCAA as being a, a definite highlight. Um, was do you have one or two other memories from your NCAA career that really st- stood out as uh, as high high points? Yeah, I think um, so. My next to my sister, definitely number one that we talked about. Um, I think that hmm, I think another one. It's not from N- SEC or NCAA's, but it's from SEC's my senior year. Um, so last year before everything got crazy, um, I had been really training hard in my freestyle. I knew my backstroke was always going to be there. I was always a 200 backstroker, but I wanted, um, things to be a little different in my freestyle. And I worked really hard, um, during the, um, school year. So being able to, um, I podiumed in the 500 freestyle. I got second from lane one. Um, I think that was a huge highlight for me because that's an event I really struggled on all year um, or all four years, actually. It was never really my favorite event to swim. So You got um, second. Yeah, being able to accomplish that. And I think also it puts it into perspective, Gina Frericks, who um, was a volunteer assistant, and was swimming for uh, trials, um, who was my training partner for that whole year. She counted for me at finals that day, prelims and finals. So um, I think it was like just a surreal moment. She like ran to the other side of of the pool and was like, oh my gosh. So I think it was just like the little things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, Maybe my sophomore year 200 backstroke I got fifth at NCAAs which was my highest um finish um yeah I think 
not individually. I really like relays. I'm a big relay person. Um, I think the 800 free relay my freshman year and uh, my senior year at SECs were moment, moments that I'll never forget um, podium, podiuming in um, those. So, yeah, a lot of memories, <laughs> a lot of um, cool moments that I'll take forever. Uh, you know, getting back to SECs this, this past February, um, I mean, you went career best in all three of your individuals, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, not looking back on it now, definitely a highlight of my career. I was arguably in the best shape of my life at that point, which contests to how I swam, um, which was a real bummer (laughs) when NCAAs didn't happen, but um yeah I think looking back on it now is definitely a good way to go out um in a collegiate career um yeah I got I just missed out on putting I got fourth in the 200 free second in the 500 and second in the or third in the 200 back um and then we podiumed um a lot of the relays so um being able to to do that it again, like boosted my confidence. Um, I really struggled this year. I have some shoulder problems, um, on my left shoulder throughout the whole year. So being able to, to work through that and, um, for it to pay off at the end of the season, really, uh, put my hard work into perspective. Definitely. And so that kind of takes us to, to now you've, you've gotten to New Zealand, you've, you've been there a few weeks, you know, how, how is, how has that been different from, you know, training at Kentucky and Lexington? Yeah, it's um, definitely a big um, culture shift. I mean, um, doing the two weeks isolation, um, getting out here um, into the real world, I guess you could say, <laughs> from not from a hotel. Um, I was excited. It was definitely a change that I needed. I was um, a little, I guess you could say, burnt out a little bit of swimming in general. I was... Um, not liking it as much as I probably should um swimming my whole career like back to back to back no breaks and stuff like that it really um it tears you down I think every every athlete can attest to that no matter who they are um so being able to have that break reconfigure um what I wanted and then getting over here and um, having something new and just figuring out what I like in the sport again. And um, obviously you're going to have bad days, but um, being able to, at the end of the day, say you gave your best effort and things like that, I think it goes a long way. Um, The coaches here are a lot different than Kentucky. They work, um, I've done a lot of technique work, a lot of um, backstroke freestyle technique work, um, a lot of filming, which I'm not really that used to. um, But it's a lot it's better as like, as you get older. So I'm like 22 now and that's not really that old for an athlete, but, um, definitely takes into perspective that you can do it for a longer time than just in college. Um, and I never really thought even, even last year I was like, okay, after Tokyo, like I'm going to be done. Like I'm going to get a job and, and be a real person and things like that. And, um, then it got postponed and I had to take a step back and was like, okay, well I could either get a job or I could, 
I could get a job and regret not swimming for the extra year and go to the Olympic Games. Or I had already qualified, so why not swim for another year? I, I, uh, I was going to swim at Kentucky, and then I got the opportunity to, to come over here and, and train with a new club. And um, one of the girls um, that I'm training with now, she uh, competed in Rio. Um, so it's a good training group. Um, have lots of laughs. <laughs> they make fun of my American accent a lot. But <laughs> they're definitely, definitely um, some characters, but it's definitely been a refreshing um, change. Yeah. Uh, so you, I, you train with, with an elite group out there. Um, tell, me, tell me about the group. How big is it? Who, who, are, yeah. the ma- who are the heavy hitters? <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's 14 of us in the elite group. Um, I mainly train with um, Lena, who uh, competed um, in Rio in 2016. Um, and then the coaches are Michael Weston and John Gatfield. And John just moved back from the Gold Coast of Australia um, tr- uh, coaching there. And so I think that it's definitely a, a change, but it's a change that I needed. So um, everyone is super positive, super enlightening. Um, I'm just getting back in the swing of things, so I'm not doing all the full practices that they're all doing. So um, being able to um, do that is is really just amazing. And, and I'm f- finally starting to get back into um, training. I did a real hard kick set this morning. <laughs> it was a 3K kick set, and I, my legs are tired. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, – it's definitely something that I have to get used to. And I think each day it gets better. Um, being able to train with an elite group like that is something that you don't get everywhere, um, especially when you're not in America. So being able to have the opportunity is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it always seems like it's a, it's a good thing to get a new perspective. Um, what, what has been, your experience outside of just swimming, um, being in New Zealand, you know, what's, what's been different there culturally? Are you eating? Are you, do you have a whole new diet? It is Vegemite <laughs> your number one staple now? <laughs> I actually do. I have some on the counter right there. <laughs> it's actually funny. I grew up on Vegemite though. So ah, it, that's right. it's really not, it's really not a, a, that different of a thing we would have um, so my dad has family, um, in Brisbane, Australia and here. So, um, they both, they got sent a lot in packages. Um, yeah, I think they definitely, I'm going to be completely honest. I, the food here is way better. And in, in my opinion for definitely for an elite athlete, um, Interesting. not as many choices. I am way, I love seafood and I love like burgers and, all like New Zealand is a big farming um, country and dairy. So uh, the chocolate's really good. <laughs> so yeah, I think that um, the food to me, I've been doing HelloFresh. So they have HelloFresh here. So I've been doing that a lot. Um, big fan of like New Zealand fish and chips, which you don't, you don't know how good they are until you try them. Um, American fish and chips will never compare. And that is my honest opinion. Um, but I've also tried them. So people in America like American fish and chips, but it's just not the same. But um, yeah, I think 
I miss a lot of things about New Zealand and about Australia um, that are similar between the countries um, that I'm glad that I have now. Um, a lot more, uh, a lot less options, but a lot better options as well. Um, it's not really that big of a culture change because it is like a Western-ish uh, country. So it's not like I'm moving to a Europe, like a um, like Japan or something where like I would have to change my whole diet. So that's also nice. There are definitely things that have changed a lot more seafood, a lot more um, dairy and stuff like that, which I probably needed anyway. <laughs> so um, a lot better, a lot better food in my opinion. <laughs> Nice. What you mentioned fish and chips, would you say like that's been one of the best meals you've had there? Or if not, what, what um, is one of the best meals? I think, yeah, I went to um, my aunt and uncle's house last weekend and we got fish and chips and fried oysters. And um, my mom is a huge fan of fried oysters. So I sent <laughs> my mom and my dad a picture of it and they were not happy with me that <laughs> they were in America and they couldn't have them. Um, but I think my favorite meal was probably that meal. And then um, I am a huge fan of Whitaker's chocolate, which is a New Zealand chocolate. So um, I have had that in my refrigerator 24 <laughs> seven. I've had the milk chocolate caramel and the white chocolate bars so good they're yeah. so good <laughs> yes that, th this sounds for real new zealand <laughs> cuisine is uh you've sold me on it yeah uh, that good. is your family just like insanely jealous and and pissed that you're in new zealand and you left yeah. all of them in the u.s <laughs> my uh yeah my parents are incredibly jealous every time i send them anything they're like oh my god like all this stuff um my dad actually wanted to come over, um, but he was he was doing um, radiation treatment, so he couldn't uh, fly. But he he was like, "Okay, whenever this quarantine ends, I don't know when that's going to be. But even if I have to quarantine, I will. I'm coming over in the next couple months." And I was like, "Okay, like, because um, he finished like th uh, a week ago or something." So he. Um, was like by the end of the year or in the new year I'm coming over and I was like okay I'll be here you always have a place to stay <laughs> um yeah my sister just finished law school so she might not be able to come over for a while um but my mom's like yeah I'm gonna be on the next flight like whenever I can stuff so yeah they're incredibly jealous definitely uh so so to, to wrap wrap things up you know, moving forward, obviously, uh, you're shooting for 2021, the Tokyo Olympics, but just in the next few months, um, do you have any short-term goals, anything you're kind of focusing on in the next few weeks, few months? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, mainly it's, um, if I'm being honest, uh, not really in the water, it's more mental for me. So over the past year, I've had really a, a lot of struggles mentally with swimming um just losing my love for it and things like that so i think taking a step back and i think the um covid qu quarantine period was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for me personally um being able to take that step back and not be in the water for three months um really helped me 
figure out what I, what I wanted and, and things like that. I think that, um, me being 22 years old and me having all of that, um, yardage under my belt and things like that. I think that the swimming will always come, um, if you're passionate about it. Um, so I'm still trying to, to, to help myself in the mental capacity, being able to, um, slowly but surely find my, my love for the sport again. Um, and it definitely takes time. It's not something that just happens overnight. And that's something that, that a lot of athletes, um, learn quickly sometimes, um, that obviously some days are going to be worse than others. But, um, yeah, I think over the next couple months, it's really not about what happens in the pool. Um, cause that will always come for me. Um, and for a lot of athletes, I guess, um, you just have that natural capability, especially if you've been doing it for 17 years. So, um, yeah, I think mentally for me having fun with it, doing, doing things I, I want to do outside of the pool, um, obviously, um, keeping healthy, um, rehabbing my shoulder and, and things like that. Um, in the pool, I think my goal, uh, would be just to, to, just to get back into shape. I hate the way I feel right now being, being out of the water for four months. Um, really it's not something I've never done and something that I'm guessing a lot of athletes have never done, especially at this level. So it's, it, it, it's not the, the funnest of times when, when you uh, can't go a lot faster than, or you think you can go faster, but you, you don't. And then you know how fast fast is. So it, um, it's definitely mental for me. Um, yeah, I think keeping that long-term goal of, of finaling at Tokyo, I think, helps me do my short-term goals in, in that sense. But right now I think more mentally just finding my love for the sport again. Yeah. Well, Allie, thanks so much for coming on. Any parting thoughts before we close out here? Nothing really. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on <laughs> and, and coordinating our time differences because <laughs> I, I don't think I could have done it. <laughs> Yeah, I have a world clock that, that I can see. I have New York and LA and all these different places I can quickly look and see what time it is. It's nice. You've been listening to the Swim Swam Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.